Welcome to Simply Jesus Podcast. Today's message is entitled, Season of Preparation. We'll be looking at how we can allow God's Spirit to prepare our lives for greater fruitfulness. There's a season of time in farming. There's a season when it's time for planting. There's a season when there's a time for it to grow up, and there's a season where it's a time to harvest. And if during that seasonal time, when that soil should have been plowed up, I, I said, no, Holy Spirit, no, no. Yes, the Lord is desiring to move. Yes, he, he would do something even beyond what our human minds could comprehend. That one seed could go into the ground and a hundred apple trees come from it. He's desiring this, but we must allow him to cultivate the soil of our hearts now. Because this is the season for it. We come in faith to give you honor and to give you glory. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the one who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. You are the one who has begun this good work in our midst. You are the one who has begun to knit our hearts together as one here in this region. And Lord, we come in humility today and we acknowledge that this is a work that we need you to do. Because we've not been this way before. We've not seen this modeled before us, what it means for the corporate body of Christ to come together in a region. So we're asking that you would open our eyes to see it, Lord. Soften our hearts to it. Every one of us has to, a role to play in what you're desiring to accomplish here. And so we're asking that you'd give us a revelation, even as we are here in this room today, of how you would have us play our part these gifts that you have distributed among your church, that you would show us how they are to function together, how they are to mix together, so that your name is glorified on the earth as it is in heaven. Jesus, we don't just want another service. We want you. We don't just want another gathering. We need you to move. And we come before you and acknowledge that it is, we've been the hindrance. It's not been on your side. It's been on our side. It's not been your lack of desire. It's been things in us, seen and unseen, that have put your Holy Spirit in check, that have hindered you, that have, uh, we've been holding on to too much of our lives. Though with our words we've given them over to you. And Lord, I acknowledge that in my own life. I acknowledge to you that ministry itself has at many times come between me and you. It's become like a harlot at times that I would turn to for significance or turn to for uh, encouragement or turn to to find some source of life. And you've spoken to us through your word that anything we turn to for life outside of you is an idol no matter how good it looks to the eyes of man, no matter what even those within the church circles might say. They say, you're doing such a good job, but in our heart of hearts, we know we've strayed from you. Lord, I don't want to stray from you anymore. I don't want to stray from you anymore. I don't want ministry. I don't want to get to the end of my days and find out that ministry was the reason why I, I lacked the fullness of what you had desired for my life. Have mercy on us, Lord. Help us to see as you see. 
I can't always see your perspective. I can't understand what you're doing, but I want to trust you, even in the midst of my unknowns. Father, we enter into this time of engaging around your word, and we're asking you to speak through your Holy Spirit. May a revelatory spirit be released here. May we be able to receive what it is that you have for us. I thank you for the words that you have spoken through various members of your body here today, that you are desiring to move, that we can have faith to believe that you are moving here in our region, even as we're in this room together, that we can have faith for that. And also that we must be prepared like that surfer. We cannot just assume we're going to catch the wave. But we must be positioned. Our lives must be positioned. Our families must be positioned. If these things must be in alignment. The sphere of influence you've given to us must be in position if we're going to catch what you're desiring to do here. So we believe you to speak and we thank you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Holy Spirit is good, is he not? <laughs> Honestly, I'm amazed at some of what was shared today uh, because last night uh, between about 1 to 4 in the morning, the Lord woke me up and he began to speak to me about uh, what he was doing here in our region and in three words he spoke a season of preparation that we're we're in a season we must be prepared he is wanting to move this is not a lack of desire on his part but we must be prepared as my brother Everett was sharing uh, what he shared I was it's an amazing thing we're gonna look in Matthew chapter 13 beginning in verse 3 and he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on the rocky places where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up. But because they had no depth of soil, but when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. And others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirtyfold. Now, when we look at that scripture, the Lord has often spoken to me about ridiculous fruitfulness. <laughs> Do you know that the Lord has in store for us ridiculous fruitfulness? that he is wishing to fulfill through our lives. There is a level of fruitfulness that we cannot even possibly comprehend with our human and natural minds. When you think of, just put this in, in, in the, the illustration right here. If you took one apple seed and put it into the ground and your desire, your intention, your focus, your hope is that that apple seed is going to bear one apple tree that will begin to bear fruit out of that one tree. And here the Lord says that we're, when we are walking in his fruitfulness, there will be a level of fruitfulness that will literally, out of that one seed, we will see a hundred apple trees come up. Put it in the financial realm. In the financial realm, let's say you have a thousand dollars, the ROI, return on investment. 
you might be hoping a good return on investment is going to be about a 10%. You'd love to see that, uh, get a 10% return. That at the end of that year, your $1,000 has turned into 1100 Now, if you got 20% return, you'd end up at the end of that year with $1,200. Now, that would be exciting, especially if you'd invested a fair amount of money in something that brought in that kind of percentage. But put, it, put this same concept into Jesus' parable. The 30-fold, you put that 1,000 in and you're getting 30,000. You put the 1,000 in at the 60-fold, you're getting 60,000. You put 1,000 in at the 100-fold and you're seeing $100,000. This is the kind of fruitfulness that the Lord is calling us to in our lives and in the things that He has entrusted to us. So I believe that the Lord today would have us return to a place of faith that he is wanting to move even more than we are desiring in this region right now as we're speaking God is moving we don't have time this morning to hear all the different testimonies of what he's been doing but many ministries have been coming in and reporting just about a week and a half ago over in Titusville they had nearly a thousand people come out the body of Christ over that region coming together with the singular purpose to seek the face of God and to work together for that region, not assuming that they could do it as any one individual ministry. So the Lord is on the move right now, but there is another element to this parable. Three-fourths were not prepared. Three-fourths were not prepared. There is a level of preparation, a level of cultivation that the Spirit of God desires to begin to bring into our personal lives, into our families, and into whatever sphere of influence you may have, whether that be a marketplace ministry, whether that be a a congregational ministry, whatever area of influence you may have, there is a level of preparation that the Lord right now, I believe he's speaking this to us in this time, that unless we are prepared, we will sadly find ourselves like those that is de- God is desiring to move in, and yet we were not ready for it. Those three, look at the three places that were unfruitful. There was the seed that fell beside the road, and that was those that didn't understand what God was desiring to do. They did not understand the message of the kingdom. They were still maybe in some ways doing what they'd always known. They'd been doing church the way they understood it and not even maybe open to hear of a new thing. And therefore, what what do we hear of that seed? Satan quickly came in. When the message came, Satan, you know, I've been in meetings and I can grieve over this, but I've been in meetings here in our region with uh, key leaders who have listened to what the Lord's doing. They've even been able to acknowledge on some level with their lips and tongue, yes, this is of the Lord. And in a moment, gone. It's just gone. It's gone. You don't see them. You don't hear from them. And they're off. May we not be like that type of soil. A second soil Jesus spoke about was the rocky soil where there was no root. It went in, there was an immediate excitement. Yes, God, you're doing it. <laughs> and yet there was, there was a, a quick, when the persecution, when difficulty came in, quickly it withered up and died. And then that third soil, Jesus speaks about thorns. 
And when he talks about the thorns, he's talking about the worries of the world, the deceitfulness of wealth coming to choke that message. And I can relate to that one. Because I can see that God wants to do something great. I can see that there's a level of fruitfulness personally in my family and my, the sphere of influence he's entrusted to me that he wants to bring me to. And yet there are these thorns that seek to hinder or keep his spirit from being able to flow with a depth of freedom that he needs, that he requires, that is absolutely essential. When you think about a good farmer, a good farmer is not going to come up to a a piece of soil or ground that has been uncultivated and just begin to scatter seed on it. He knows that's a pointless endeavor. Why am I going to waste my good seed on soil that has not even been cultivated or prepared? And so if in this illustration, if the farmer got to the point where he's having to scatter seed on ground that he knows is not going to be fruitful, could it be, and just putting it into a practical context, could it be that those, see the soil of our hearts, we have authority over that. We have responsibility over that. No one else can determine whether I'm open to the cultivation of God. I must individually make that decision on my own. That Jesus, Holy Spirit, I am open to you cultivating my life. And there's a season of time in farming. There's a season when it's time for planting. There's a season when there's a time for it to grow up and there's a season where it's a time to harvest. And if during that seasonal time when that soil should have been plowed up, I, I said, no, Holy Spirit, no, no, no. How many times have we said no and not even thought a second time about it? How many times have we said no? And we haven't even been broken by it. We said, I'm too busy right now. I've got this program and this thing over here and this family situation. I just can't go deep into you right now. I just can't do it right in this time. And that season where the soil was supposed to be plowed up passes. And then there's the farmer, our Lord, and it's the time for planting. But now he's coming out and that soil's not ready and so the seeds fall down. I have to believe there's somewhere in his heart that's grieving even as his hand is opening up and releasing those seeds and drop from his hand onto the unprepared soil, which he as a good farmer knows will never produce the fruitfulness he had intended for that piece of land. That heart, that life, that family, that uh, ministry or sphere of influence will never produce the fruitfulness he had in his heart for it because that didn't allow him to prepare it in advance we're in a season of preparation yes the Lord is desiring to move yes he he would do something even beyond what our human minds could comprehend that one seed could go into the ground and a hundred apple trees come from it he's desiring this but we must allow him to cultivate the soil of our hearts now because this is the season for it if we allow the season to pass we will, sad to say, many are, have allowed this season to pass. This season's been going on for some time. Many of us have had 
different encounters with God from a dream in the night to a circumstance that pushed us to a place of desperation, whether it be a family circumstance or something in our workplace or ministry. And God's during those times, he's been knocking. He's been knocking. He's been saying, will you allow me to prepare you? Will you allow me to get you ready for what I'm about to do? Will you allow me to speak more deeply into your life? Will you allow that cultivation to take place? Because it's the season for it. And if you don't allow me to prepare you now, the time will come where I'm passing by and I'm, I'm still desiring for that message to go forth, but you won't be ready for it. I also believe he wants to speak to those of us like a farmer that has this faulty concept of of the end times, of the last days. That just because it's going to be dark, we can't expect any real fruitfulness now. The farmer that believes that the weather is going to be frozen all year round. And if a farmer believes that, will he have any motivation whatsoever to allow the Spirit of God to begin to cultivate within his heart? Will he have any desire whatsoever to go out into that field and to begin to plow up the soil when he believes it will, it's simply going to remain frozen indefinitely and there's no hope whatsoever of a harvest? I tell you today, the Lord Jesus Christ has been harvesting souls since the beginning of time. He has been harvesting souls since the birth of the church in Acts, and he will harvest souls today through those who allow him to prepare us for that. He desires it now, not just in the past tense. Because we read scriptures like 2 Timothy. Let me just read this. We read scriptures like 2 Timothy chapter 3. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious, gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. And we read that scripture and we think some of us have come into this faulty concept that in the last days, which scripturally began at the ascension of Christ, that the last days will somehow be the season of such utter barrenness that we ought to just hold ourselves up and buckle down the fort and just... Uh, go deep ourselves and maybe we'll get one or two others to come with us but we can't believe for something as extravagant as a 30 to 60 to 100 fold return on our investment and therefore we allow our field to remain unprepared we don't even have any inclination any burning passion to get out in the midst of it and begin to work and to pull up the weeds but what if instead we began to think like a farmer who believed he was going to receive 30 to 60 to 100 fold what he sowed in one seed a hundred trees a thousand dollars a hundred thousand dollars and I'm not talking about financial return I'm talking about a spiritual return that will be of eternal value what if we had the belief that our God with a prepared field with a prepared heart with a prepared family with a prepared sphere of influence that our that the living God could come into that prepared field and produce that kind of return would we not then be willing to go into every literal inch of that field and say every stone be uprooted every 
pebble down on my hands and knees saying, this square inch, another seed could fit here. <laughs> this square inch, another seed could fit here. That boulder over there, that's blocking out 50 seeds. If I could get out, get out my shovel and get up underneath it and uproot it, then I could see another 50 to 100 plants fit right there we would begin to have a completely different concept of preparation. We would begin to be willing to do whatever it took to get that field completely ready from, from one end to the other. We wouldn't let even one weed in there. We wouldn't let one thorn in there. We wouldn't let one rocky place continue to exist. We would continuously be saying, Holy Spirit of the living God, come, come, come and prepare me. Come and uproot, come and expose. I don't want to find out that my field was filled with weeds on that last day. I'm wondering, why is this not more fruitful? And he's saying, do you think it's my lack? Is it my lack? Is it my inability? Was it that I didn't want to? I spoke things in, in my word to you. I, I told you and explained to you these were things I wanted to do. Why didn't you believe me? Why did you assume upon me what was your own fault? Why did you assume upon me that it was on my end? When you know yourself, you know how prone you are to deception. You know how prone you are to go with your flesh. And you thought it was me. You even spoke about it when you talked about me. You spoke out your doubts about me. You didn't see it, but I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. You lacked faith in front of my people, and they saw it too. And you hindered them from coming to me with expectant hearts, believing that I'm a faithful God. You had disappointments, yes. But could it be I allowed them to draw you to me? Could it be I allowed those things to draw you to myself so that you wouldn't make your life about me? So that when the time did come for the harvest, you didn't go out to that field, point around, show everybody you could, look at what I've been a part of. Could it be part of my preparation through those difficulties and disappointments, those times you believed me for something and it didn't happen the way you thought it would, I was preparing you so that when the harvest does come, you'll take no credit for it yourself. But you'll recognize and you will realize it was entirely for me. The living God is desiring to prepare us in our region. He wants to move. It's not his lack of desire. Is he moving all over the earth? Yes. He's moving in one country after another. And he is no respecter of persons. He truly is no respecter of persons. So may that open our eyes to realize if he's moving in Fiji or he's moving in Mongolia or he's moving in Taiwan, but we're not seeing it here, where, where that fault lies. <laughs> Where that fault lies. It's not with him. It's with us. There's things we're doing. There's things we're thinking 
There are things, it's, you know, the battle is in our minds. It's beginning there. There are things, mindsets literally locked down that are going to keep us from being truly used of God if we don't let him break us free from them. There are mindsets that literally over decades of our lives have been so deeply ingrained that unless we allow him to literally uproot and remove them, we can never come into the fullness of what he has for us. May we allow the Holy Spirit to do this work in us. May we begin to allow him to reveal anything in our personal lives. How can we begin to cultivate a lifestyle? How can we begin to cause our personal lives to be more prepared for what he is desiring to do in the earth right now? How can we begin to do that? There are many ways we could have. This could be a four-day meeting on preparation, and maybe someday the Lord will have us do that. But uh, how can we begin to cultivate that lifestyle? A life of saturating in the Word of God? A life that is constantly saying, Holy Spirit, take me deeper in prayer. I, jo I don't just want to come to a worship service and sing songs about you where my heart's not connected to you. I want to tap deeply into you. I want to tap deeply into your heart as I'm praying. I want to touch you so deeply. There are things, there are ways we can begin to cultivate our lives. There are even groups spread out across this region that are meeting on a weekly basis. Some, I just found out today, one of whom is meeting four times a week. Um, amen. They're beginning to prepare the ground where they're at. Ministers meeting four times a week at 6.30 in the morning to just come before the Lord and seek Him. Come before the Lord and pursue His face. They're cultivating, that's a regional cultivation. But we can also do that in our individual lives. We must continue to be pursuing Him. That's a way we can do that. How about our families? What have we done to cultivate an atmosphere of the Holy Spirit in our homes? This is the one area, one of the areas that the Lord has spoken greatly to me about. My wife and I, we have four children. We've wanted to see them raised up in the ways of God. But how do you go about doing that? And asking God, you know, Lord, Holy Spirit, have your way in our home. I don't even know. There were times when I would attempt to do family devotions, and all you'd end up finding yourself doing is uh, getting angry and frustrated with them. Don't you understand? It's Bible time. We need to, you all need to be quiet, and we're reading the Bible. And you come out of it feeling like you, you, you didn't taste of the Lord. You, you tasted of your religious flesh. And, Lord, teach us how to have our homes become an environment where you are welcome, where everything in our family, you know, how have we, have we, and these are just questions to bring before the Lord, have we as a family, those of you who are married or have children, have, have we as a family, or those of you who are just, uh, you know, in a roommate type situation, have we in our home, in our place of abode, have we saturated in the word of God together? Have we sought to tap deeply into God and in worship and in prayer? I'm not talking about the typical mindset we may have of a family devotion. I'm talking about literal coming into the presence of God as a family. Watching the Holy Spirit begin to, and this is true even of young children, watching Him to begin to use the young children in the spiritual gifts He's given to them. Watching Him begin to raise them up in the home. Watching them begin to step out in faith and be used of God to bless those around them. I had one evening where uh, my oldest son 
who's still very young. He's only eight years of age. The Lord put it on his heart. He said, I want to come over and pray for you. And I said, okay, we're about to have Bible time. And I could have, like I said, gotten frustrated and said, this is a little out of order here. Um, I have a whole thing. We're on this chapter tonight. And, you know, you're going to have to wait on that. But instead, of course, <laughs> if I had any desire whatsoever to encounter the Lord, I said, yes, yeah, sure, come on. So he got down off of his bunk bed <laughs> and came over to me, and he starts praying. And all I can say is, as I just kind of sat there and allowed him to pray over me, he's doing all kinds of, he's saying, okay, you need to kind of put your hands like this, like somewhere around the heart, and he's praying on me, and all I can say is the presence of God started coming on me as he was praying. And then when he was finished praying for me, he said, can I now pray for my other brother? And he goes over to him and he starts praying for him. And then he goes, can I pray for my mom? Can I pray for my other brother? Before we knew it, the whole room was being prayed for. The night ended with two of my sons coming over and praying for me. But that's because we begin to cultivate an atmosphere of the Holy Spirit. We're preparing that field. We're constantly sowing. There are nights when it doesn't seem like a whole lot's going on. But we're still tilling the soil. We're still tilling the soil. We're still seeking to saturate in the Word as a family. We're still seeking to seek God in worship and in prayer and allowing Him to do that work. That's His work. That's His desire. He's the one who put it in the heart of, of my at the time seven-year-old to read through the Bible he went through it in less than a year and there were times when he was reading between 30 to 50 chapters a day why not because I sat there and said well you need to be in the word but he himself did it he's also the one who proposed making uh, homemade signs to make sure that they remembered to read the word daily so they, made, they have both him and my second oldest son have homemade signs that they made themselves. I don't know if, if it's accurately spelled, but it says on it, remember to read the Bible and pray daily. And they have it hung up, one on the bunk bed and one on the dresser. But we've got to be preparing this, the fields of our lives, our individual lives and our families, and then in the sphere of influence that the Lord has entrusted to us. Some of us have marketplace position and I guess I would simply or I believe the Lord would say have we truly asked him for his heart for that marketplace environment have we I mean have we really taken even days maybe even a fasting and prayer just to seek him on how he would have that marketplace be radically transformed because he wants that 30 60 100 fold there now, once again I'm not just talking finances I'm talking about a spiritual return on investment He's desiring that. Have we heard from him, his heart and his strategy for how he desires for that field of labor? We're there day in and day out. We might as well be fruitful for the Lord in it. Have we truly sought him on it? Have we cultivated that atmosphere? Have we brought the word of God in? Have we saturated in the word of God in that place? Have we brought, sought to bring in prayer and worship into that place and sought to invite Holy Spirit to have his way in our marketplace? Have we? And if we haven't, may we, may we consider to do that, not wait another day to begin to prepare that field. It's a field the Lord's entrusted to you. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, that's a field that he has entrusted to you. And he wants it to be fruitful. And lastly, those of us with congregational type ministries, have we allowed the Holy Spirit to have control? Have we really allowed him to have control? 
And I know if we're in this room, we at least have a heart for that. But I wouldn't just presume, and I don't, I don't want to just presume that for myself. I speak that word to myself. I don't want to presume, Holy Spirit, that I'm giving you full control. I want to hear from you your thoughts. I want to hear from you your thoughts. When the body of Christ is gathering, and we are in some way, shape, or form, some element of a facilitator in that gathering, we have a tremendous responsibility to give the Lord his rightful place, to allow him to do whatever it is that he's wanting to do, and to not fit it into a box of what we had pre-planned before the gathering began. This is such a tremendous temptation that we can uh, hinder him in so many ways by not really releasing those times when we gather together because we had something in place already. May we constantly be seeking Him and asking Him to give us a deeper revelation of what it means to gather with Him as the head of a meeting and not us. You see, that's a vast distinction. It's as vast as the personal lordship. We know we can be a Christian and yet not be living with Him as the Lord of our lives. It's equally true. We can gather as the body of Christ, yet He's not the head of our gathering. The headship is synonymous to the lordship. The personal lordship the corporate headship. He wants to be the head of his gatherings. I'm going to end with Habakkuk 2.14 and then encourage us to just gather together in pairs to pray. Habakkuk 2.14 For the earth will say might be (laughs) shall be the earth will be, shall be filled, filled, filled with the knowledge, not the head knowledge, <laughs> the yada, the deep knowing of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. May we lay hold of that in faith today, that that 30, 60, 100 fold is for the body of Christ in this region if... We will allow him to prepare us. If we will allow him to prepare us. Thank you for joining us today. Other Simply Jesus resources are available online at www.simplyjesusonline.com. That's three words. Simply Jesus online dot com.